Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGalliard. I have alongside with me my co-host, my friend, Parker Fleming. Parker, I have two questions for you. Number one, how was your Thanksgiving? And number two, what the hell, man? It's been a wild couple of days. Uh, <laughs> is, is, that, is that fair to say? Is that yeah. too... Um... Yeah. Yeah, holy cow. Um, I think that uh, my Thanksgiving was good. The world didn't end, um, at least for, for TCU. Um, but yeah, man, just absolutely wild and a wild weekend of football. So like the coaching stuff and and just football in yeah. general, there's just been a lot this week, uh, which is just crazy. Yeah, I felt like every time slot on Saturday, you were there was a game that kind of just did not go as expected. Um, involving like really big teams. And then you get to Sunday and everything started to flip everything, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the gears in the wheel turned and uh, we, we, I, I, I'm struggling for words because I did not see so many of this uh, happening today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, it's, uh, it's quite unexpected. So um, I think off the bat, we should say TCU football's 2021 season is over our long nightmare is yes, over finally and um we're not going to eulogize the season today uh that's not what this podcast is going to be because there's too much going on and i just don't want to do it right now no, no. so we'll get to we'll get to that later once once football settled down there'll be plenty of time for that in the off season um i think tonight is probably worth just bantering yeah. um and specifically talking about coaching and just I, I, maybe i don't know I'm, i don't want to put this on you but for me just externally processing Everything that's going down. Should we just try and go like, we should just start somewhere and, and start unraveling threats. Yeah, this is talk therapy. We're just going to, we're just going to pry the thread and see where it leads yeah. us. Um, I, I have a beer open. Do you have a beer open? I, I, Everybody I, I, listening, I, 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 unless you're driving sort of, to work, you yeah. have a beer open. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope I won't eventually start talking about like, you know, my relationship with my parents by the end of it. Um, which by the way is good. <laughs> that was a joke. Anyway, point is Parker Lincoln Riley is leaving the University of Oklahoma through the sunny confines of Los Angeles to coach USC. A move that was so well kept under the radar by Mike Bone and the new administration over at Heritage Hall that I had no inkling about it until a friend of mine who's a USC fan texted me like the eyes emoji 30 minutes before it happened. Did you have any rumblings of this? Did you know anything? No. I So... I knew that he – I knew that Lincoln Riley had basically thrown down a list of demands and said, you guys have to figure this crap out. And that was on a couple of fronts. One, evidently Oklahoma's compliance department is not super tight and Lincoln Riley doesn't like those people. Um, two, uh, evidently Lincoln Riley was having to ask and argue for specific football funding things, which just gets old very, very quickly. And so this summer, he effectively said, I need you guys to play ball. I think Joe C., the uh, athletic director, wanted to play ball, but was working on the admin stuff and some structure on how this works. But um, I think that this summer, the seeds were planted for Lincoln Riley, where he kind of felt, y'all are worried about things that aren't important for us winning football games. And if we don't fix this shit, I'm going to leave. And that's what I think LSU actually was a bluff from Lincoln Riley. I think LSU... Maybe similar to a situation with TCU and a certain Louisiana coach, the Lincoln Riley yeah. probably had no intention of taking the LSU job, but the leverage created by um, the opportunity, I think, was kind of his. And maybe alongside Josie, uh, their, their kind of dual plan to say, hey, we're going to leverage the admin like the admin's going to mm-hmm. see this and they're going to meet my demands. And it looks like they didn't meet his demands. And at USC, I mean... He's king, right? USC, he says jump. Everyone says how high. He is not going to have to argue. He is not going to have to explain. He is going to get exactly what he wants when he wants it. Um, Recruiting is going to get a lot easier. And uh, I mean, yeah, and and his path to the playoff is so much easier, so much easier. And he won't get the criticism because he's at USC that he does at Oklahoma about like, oh, well, week schedule, Big 12, whatever. It won't matter. It's USC, man. You, You One loss USC, you're in the playoff every year. Yep. Every year. I'll push back on the recruiting getting easier just because obviously you now run all of California. Lincoln didn't have a problem swooping into Texas and stealing recruits. Um, I, I would say that it will get easier now because it won't be 
in the SEC and having to fight Bama, LSU, whoever they get, and Auburn for recruits. But like as of now, Lincoln was recruiting just fine. Um, if anything, this only, I mean, it made it easier just in terms of, okay, he was going to have the number one recruiting class going into 2023, I think they have. Now he'll probably also have it in 24 and 25. Um, but I hate talking recruiting. That's we, we can leave that as it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about it. But yeah. I mean, just just a, a move that, I mean, nobody can pretend that there was writing on the wall. No. Um, nobody can pretend they knew what was going on. But there was clearly a leverage situation yes, happening. Sure. And, and, and Oklahoma balked in the game of chicken yep. or tried to call Lincoln Riley's bluff. And Lincoln Riley said, I'm out. Yeah. Um, and, and the rumor I heard also too, think that the rumor I heard oh, ahead, was, was that some of some of the smoke between Lincoln and LSU, a lot of it was generated from Lincoln's reps. It was the rumor I heard. Yes, just in terms of yes. hey, like create that smoke screen to let USC kind of slip in and and you know ha- have the the bidding war between USC and Oklahoma, um, and then whichever side won, that's that's where he would go. But uh, yes, uh, really, I'm really, sure I'm sure that's what's going yeah, on. Masterfully planned by Lincoln Riley. I mean, it is a it's a total, you know, red wedding, Game of Thrones, you know, stab at the stomach type of thing. But I, I, I got to hand it to him. He pulled it off really well. Yeah, I mean, this this is uh, I don't think anyone connected this dot uh, before, maybe even uh, like this morning. Yeah. And so, yeah, in the world of college football and flight trackers and all sorts of nonsense. Um, I, I mean, I heard as, as late as Friday that people inside the building at Oklahoma were like, we don't what we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, that, that there was no inkling of anything. And that was about LSU. So right. they were lost about something that wasn't even real. Um, he, he, I mean, crazy. Machiavellian, man. Machiavellian. Oh, here's the thing, too, Parker. If he beats Oklahoma State and Oklahoma wins the Big 12 title, can USC wait that long to make a hire? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I mean, they're, they're USC. USC. They'll, they'll, they're, but, they're not going to die on their early signing day, right? Like, no. They're going to get guys that they get. No, but at that point, it becomes more of, okay, why is USC waiting so long? What the hell? Why aren't they acting? While Lincoln I coaches, imagine it would have leaked this week regardless. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Is that, you know, if, if he had, if Oklahoma had beaten Oklahoma State, this gets leaked before the Big 12 championship game, which creates a whole other can of worms of how that game, I mean, we could play the hypothetical game all day, but it's amazing how this turned out. Um, Okay, sports talk radio, very generic question. Oklahoma's in the Big 12 for, what, the next three years, quote-unquote. We'll see how early they actually leave. Um, What does this do for the conference in terms of does this create a power vacuum for a school to leap up and kind of take advantage of Oklahoma if they may be in disarray with Lincoln leaving? No, not any more so than the Big 12 has historically. I mean, I think that – Oklahoma clearly wasn't as better. Oklahoma wasn't as much better as everyone else than they have been in the past this year. And they've had a couple whiffs on the offensive line side of things. They have a couple whiffs at quarterback, honestly, some guys just not executing like they should. And so I don't think this dramatically changes anything that, you know, whoever steps into this job is going to be, they're going to have more resources than anyone in the rest of the conference. Um, and they are going to have more talent than anyone in the rest of the conference. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of the shifts in what go on. This morning, I, I heard that um, some skill players uh, via via their parents, which is always, you know, whatever, that's a PR right. machine. But some skill players at Oklahoma were talking about uh, really, really not liking the way things were going with Lincoln Riley and considering the portal before we heard that, that Riley was gone. Interesting. So, I, I mean, I, I don't think this is like Big 12 free-for-all uh, any more than it is right now. Like, any one of Kansas State, Iowa State, Baylor, Texas Tech maybe, um, uh, Texas, TCU, like, so that's six teams. Yeah. West Virginia, seven maybe, who can just pop off and – be good right. uh, and and be the second challenge for the second team. Obviously, Oklahoma State too. So, I mean, I, I think there's legitimately eight teams that could challenge for, you know, the, even if Lincoln Riley was here, that would have challenged for the championship next year. Um, and so I don't, I don't think this changes things tr- too dynamically. Yeah, I, I, I would. It's 
skilled players leaving would put a dent in that. I would only push back just in terms of I, I, I really kind of admire Lincoln Riley as a coach, and I think that the consistency that he's built at Oklahoma, you know, even if he does lose guys to the portal, he's brought in so many good players between Baker and, and, and Kyler Murray and, and all those players. Um, I don't know. I, I think this creates a little bit of an uncertainty, especially considering we don't know who Oklahoma will hire next. Um, have you heard anything on that front? The names being thrown out include names such as I'm just going to say these names were thrown out, not that they're valid. Cliff Kingsbury and Sonny Dykes and Josh Heupel. Parker, if you had to place odds on me or Cliff Kingsbury coaching Oklahoma next year, who would you bet on? Honestly, you. Right. <laughs> um, I tweeted Adam 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 Kramer uh, Adam Kramer kegs and eggs. Yeah. Just retweeted. <laughs> hey Adam, tweet this. Okay, buddy. Uh, in response to Adam Schefter yep. tweeting about, yep. there's no way that somebody who's what they're at like the top of the conference right now and they're winning games and he's got everything going. I really don't think that they're gonna. Um, <laughs> no. no. I don't think he's gonna leave the NFL for that. Uh, yeah. So so the Sunny Dykes one is interesting because again, air raid kind of legacy. And that is a uh, reality. I, w- I would, um, man, that would be very fun. Um, here's the thing. Okay, so again, I, I, th- this is not happening. Sonny Dykes is going to be the head coach yes. of TCU. I yes. can't even emotionally get my hopes up of this. But if for any reason Sonny Dykes was not introduced on Tuesday as the head coach it, of TCU. Dude, it is anarchy. I we uh we are talking about um if this doesn't work there okay I got to be diplomatic here sorry sure. um if if Oklahoma were to hire Sunny Dykes away from taking the TCU job TCU would have the liberty to pursue maybe a more exciting and more off the wall candidate and that might be uh you know kind of a back against the wall situation where innovation is bred out of necessity. Um, I do not believe that is the case. I think things get dark very, very fast. I do believe that if Sonny Dykes does not become the next head coach of TCU, we might be talking about, uh, burning everything down, everything, uh, and, and, and kind of starting over. Yeah. If he is not at that Christmas tree lighting on Tuesday, heads are going to roll. Um, if, if we got, we, I'm, I'm going weeks. I'm trying to be diplomatic sure, here. Sure. If we got played this hard by Billy Napier. And if Sonny Dykes is the best hire we could get and we lose him. TCU head coach Bill O'Brien. And then I will stop doing this podcast. Stop tweeting. Probably. Gun to your head. Gun to your head. Will Muschamp or Bill O'Brien? Will Muschamp. I, I, really? I can't do Bill O'Brien anymore. I'm a Texans fan. I can't do it. Okay. I can't. Point of order. Point of, uh, point of information, actually. Point of just me being right. Um, Derek Mason doesn't look so, uh, doesn't look so washed yes, after Saturday, after the Iron Bowl. <laughs> Shut up. I would hire Derek Mason tomorrow. TCU could do so much worse, so much worse than Derek Mason. Um, okay. I've heard, so I heard Sonny Dykes. I heard Josh Heupel. They are definitely calling Brent Venables. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh Heupel is interesting to me because his recruiting was getting really weird at the end of his time in UCF and he's dynamic offensively, but I think the defensive coordinator would really, really matter at Oklahoma. Um, I also don't know that. I mean, from a recent prestige standpoint, Oklahoma is obviously a better job than Tennessee, but Nalen's still like what biggest stadium in the country. Top um, I think Penn State's. I think, T- I think Tennessee State's. football is underrated in terms of the sleeping giant that it could be, especially being in the East, not the West. Um, and they fired Josh Heupel's ass at Oklahoma. Yeah, true. Can I, hold on. Can I take a step back one second? You mentioned defensive coordinator. Does this free up Alex Grinch? Obviously it does. And because from what we've talked about, he probably is going to follow Lincoln to USC. That's a hell of a defensive coordinator available or a potential head coach for a program that gets stuck at the last end of the cycle. You know who would be smart to call it to be on the phone with him right now? LSU. Ryan Day. Ooh. Okay. At Ohio State. Yes. And say, dude, let's run it back. Like, come yeah. on. Let's yeah. let's win a national championship. Clearly, yeah. we've got the offense figured out. we got to figure out the defense here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. 
It's a good call. Uh, Have I said the disclaimer out loud that's been in my head that like none of this is anything? Um, we're just we're doing sports talk. Oh no, no, this is absolutely here. bad. Yeah, yeah okay. this is this. Yeah, we're guessing here. Um, if you if you try to quote me on this later, I will call you a liar to your face. That's that's to the listener. I, I, uh, I will call my attorneys <laughs> and have you sued for libel. Um, so okay, so Lincoln Riley goes to USC. Billy Napier goes to Florida. We saw that coming, and it happened. LSU still available. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do, man. Uh, I think they're probably back on the phone with Dave Aranda. I think they're probably back on the phone with Matt Campbell. Um, Mark Stoops at Kentucky is a name that I think the message boards hate, but has gotten a little bit of traction, Um, especially because he kind of plays the power football of of LSU lore, Mm -hmm. where their defense has been like hating ass. And their offense has just been, you know, bludgeoning uh, kind of run uh, offense. So maybe that's maybe that's a pick. That that feels pretty unsexy though to hire the Kentucky head coach. It's unsexy, but I think Mark Stoops is a really good head coach, and I, I think he would leave for the right price. Um, um, I am. I don't think they can get away with an Art Bryles hire. No. Um, I don't think Lane Kiffin will take that job. I think he has his sights set higher. Not higher, but different. Yeah. Um, although I, I feel like they're probably talking to Lane Kiffin. I'm really grasping at straws here. Is I don't o- know. Oklahoma, I'm surprised, isn't just putting a feeler out to Lane. I'm sure Oklahoma's called Lane. Um, God, I'm going to be so mad if Lane Kiffin coaches Oklahoma and they leave the Big 12. <laughs> I need Lane in my life. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's going to be wild because that just opens a whole – I mean, there's still open jobs too, which is the craziest thing in the world. So like Duke just opened. Yep. Um, Call Chadwell which, I mean, I think, immediately. Do I it. think he's got – I think he and Sean Clark are probably looking higher. I, I Here's the name. And I've said this name a lot. I think Matt Luke is the guy for Duke, not just because his name rhymes. That just makes sense, your, man. Your Matt Luke obsession is the the weirder than your Derek Mason obsession. I don't think so at all. I think Matt Luke is a fine coach who was in a really bad spot in interim. He's We're been around. He's offensive line centric. He could go somewhere like Duke, hire some of his SEC coordinator friends as OCDC, recruit some smart, huge uh, linemen, and just make them monsters over four years, and then you know win nine games. Something he's never done. His head coaching record is six and six, five and seven, and four and eight. Yes, but what what happened before Matt Luke? Some bad Matt things. Luke, Some bad things. No, no, no. So, so it's not even just like a meme of like, oh, whatever. Matt Luke didn't have full scholarships, dude. Matt Luke couldn't like couldn't recruit people. They were they, they were they literally didn't go program. to a bowl game the year he went six and six because they were yeah. not allowed to. Um, yeah, you got to write that off. I think I, I'm um, not, like I'm not players left in mass. I'm not riding it off, but point taken. So yes, he, uh, that he still would leaves be, would be a call. Yeah, Virginia Chet, Virginia Tech is probably talking to Sean Clark at App State. They're probably talking to Jamie Chadwell. Although some of the luster off that, I mean, McCall was hurt, so so it's not like everything this season's bad. Um, but there is a little bit of luster off of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a huge domino because, again, I think we have to resolve LSU before we resolve anything yes, else. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I completely agree. Although, well, and, I mean, we have to resolve things Oklahoma. like – Well, yeah, we have to – so Dave Aranda is a nice guy, and I believe he's has a lot of integrity or whatever. But, like, he hasn't signed anything on paper yet. Lincoln Riley literally yesterday stated, I'm committed to Oklahoma. Like, No, no, you, you, no, he did not. He said, I'm not going to be LSU's next head coach. He said a lot of things. Um, all that to say, I mean, Dave Aranda could still go to LSU. Matt Campbell could go to LSU. I, I think there's a lot of um, there's there's a lot of uh, kind of dominoes to fall. I wonder if somebody's not talking to Kendall Bryles. I wonder if somebody's not talking to Philip Montgomery at Tulsa. He was a um, – he was a browse guy, and again, he left a little bit before the stink uh, happened. Yeah, but that's a, um, that's a that's a less sexy hire than Mark Stoops. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, man. Hey, um, yeah, I, Stoops at least has the name. Yeah. Can I ask you a gun to your head? Uh, 
Matt Campbell or Dave Aranda? I think Dave Aranda, because I think that Matt Campbell's defense has been predicated on great players and not necessarily great scheme. Hmm. And his offensive decisions, I mean, I, I the thing I respect about Dave Aranda is twofold. Um, one, he saw what wasn't where he, so last, last year when he yeah. first came in, he surrounded himself with smart football people. He brought in Larry Fedora, not crazy. I don't want Larry Fedora in charge, but he might have some offensive stuff. It didn't work. They had to start Brewer because of political economy. They didn't really have anybody behind him. And he said, this isn't working. Let me call my buddy, Jeff Grimes, who's had an amazing season and say, come over. And so he, he, he made a huge change there Two, their offense is okay this year. It's pretty good. Yeah. But the reason that it's so excellent is that Aranda has been so open-minded and said, hey, we're just going to go for it on fourth down all the time because we have amazing running backs. We have a well-coached offensive line and our defense is good enough to clean it up. They're milking so much value out of third and fourth downs. Mm-hmm. So I think Aranda is far more innovative than than Campbell. Um, and so I think I would rather build a program around Aranda than, than Campbell. Again, Matt Campbell's biggest accomplishment is going to a New Year's Six Bowl in a year that was stained by COVID and uh, they lost to a Sunbelt team that year. Like Matt Campbell... Hasn't won 10 games. Matt Campbell hasn't beaten Iowa. Matt Campbell has only really beaten Oklahoma closely. Uh, that's that's kind of it. First off, the coach he beat just got the head or the coach that beat him just got the head coaching job at Florida. Second off, that's Big Ten West champion Iowa to you, Parker. <laughs> that's Iowa I, State hasn't beaten them in like ten I know, I know, ten I know. years or something. I I would say Aranda too. I I think I do think Campbell's like a good person or whatever. And I think he's a good coach, but if you if you ask me, I, I would say Aranda. Um, I think Campbell has revealed himself to be too Fleckian, as in PJ Fleck. Yeah, but, too kind of rah rah thirteenth sure. grade high school shit. Sure, but you and I differ on that too because I I am a Fleckian at heart. Uh, I want a psycho, so I'm in on that. Do you want Steve Adazio? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Did you see him walk off the field on Saturday? Yes. <laughs> My thought, my thought process is perfectly encapsulated by my dad, who was like, "These uniforms are awesome. Too bad they suck." Yeah, no, Colorado State, like <laughs> maybe a top five uniform combo in the country. They're amazing, and their defense was at one time pretty sneaky. Yeah, just guys being dudes, uh, pretty man. Pretty sneaky. That's all it is. Guys being dudes. Yeah, jeez. What's better than this? Are, are there other high? Okay, I feel like there are so many jobs open. Am I missing anything? All right, so Virginia Tech is open. Yeah. Ed O, Miami is going to get open. Ed O is going to Destin with his wife, maybe his girlfriend, who knows. Um, girlfriend, I'm positive. A lot of people have my, – my girlfriend and my wife are the same person, so I'm just saying I'm not I'm not uh, accusing any of him of anything. I'm we just leaving it, it open. No, to A, I, he said girlfriend, and B, we get it, Parker, you have a wife. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a loving, committed relationship. It's very nice. Uh, I'm just I just didn't want to – I'm not you know assaulting anyone's character here. Neither am I. Um, I'm just saying – I wonder if Jeff Trailer gets a call uh, in one of these secondary jobs. I wonder um, – yeah, I mean, there, there, there's so many guys. Like, I wonder if somebody takes a flyer on Mike Bobo again. <laughs> oh, please do not take a flyer on my program. If you're listening to this, do not take a flyer on Mike Bobo. You know, Mike Bobo, we always thought Bo Nix was bad. And you showed us he was bad. So for that insight, we're going to hire you <laughs> to come oversee our offense. Clearly, you know what offense is. Yeah, there's this. I was talking about this with some of my friends, and clearly I was wrong because Lincoln Riley left. But there are so many A to B tier programs open in this cycle, and there's before Lincoln left, I I, I didn't think there were any A to B, you know, any A coaches available, and only a handful of Bs. So someone someone's going to have to take a bit of a flyer. Whether that's Miami, someone is, yeah, and or Virginia Tech. Or I mean, whoever. I wonder who's going to botch it totally, right? Like, yeah. someone's going to take a flyer, and then someone's going to be an idiot. So, yes. I mean, not a not that Herm has not been okay, oh, no. but Herm and, and Arizona State in the rearview mirror is like, eh, this probably isn't the future. I, I'm wondering what the dumb hire is going to be. Um, I don't think Herm was Texas. A, oh, go ahead. I was going to say I don't think Herm was a dumb hire. I, I think it was a stopgap. I hate to make this comparison, a little like Sonny Dykes might be at a uh, at TCU. So, yeah, that's fair. Um, 
I wonder if um, wait. So Herm was a higher. Oh, Texas. Gary Kubiak was was in line. If Texas couldn't do anything, they were, and what they were going to do is they were going to hire Gary Kubiak and bring in coordinators, and he was going to be like, "Hey, we're going to be the NFL development program. Okay. Winning football games okay. is going to be a byproduct of us just absolutely churning out dudes to the NFL." I wonder if someone doesn't go that route, like Oklahoma goes that route. Again, Mike Tomlin doesn't want to lead the Steelers. Maybe he does. I don't know. He might get but fired I wonder if from the Oklahoma's Steelers. Not, well, I wonder if Oklahoma doesn't call it like a Mike Tomlin kind of a guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oklahoma, Oklahoma head coach Matt Rule is very funny. I think very real possibility that Matt very Rule would drop down this offseason. I'm not doing this as a bit. I know I talk about my stupid favorite NFL team too much. Do not hire anyone that has ever been a Houston Texans head coach. It's very simple. Yeah. I know Kubiak won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Don't do it. Yeah. I just I, I it's not the hire that I would make. No. Um, Jeff Fisher, I was gonna suggest for USC, but they just filled that role. As a Titans fan, I know you uh you have some fond memories, but um I wasn't a Titans fan during the Jeff Fisher's years intentionally. That was like fifteen years. <laughs> And he left the perfect 500 record, I think. Um, uh, perfectly balanced. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's a ton of those guys that are around. That's but true. to me, I mean, some of those feel like, I mean, t- some of those feel like, it's like, you could just say you're hiring Terry Bradshaw and it would be the exact same thing. <laughs> I kind of want to see that now. Um, actually. I wonder about guys. Okay. So this is weird. We're, we're just floating in the yeah, yeah, this sea is, tonight yeah. and that's okay. Um, Matt Leiner, Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn, all still around football, all, people. all doing That's analysis, true. all have been around successful programs, could recruit really, really well, have really popular images. Um, I'm stop I right think it's there. more likely that somebody gives you Tim, somebody signs Tim Tebow before they sign one of those three guys. But I, I wonder at what point we start doing the ex-player train uh, like this. I'm going to stop you right there and just uh, ask why you didn't mention Deion Sanders in that group. Because he's a sociopath. Here's, here's, that's what uh, I'm saying. Parker, someone's going to make the call. Yeah, I don't know. But what what is a sexy enough job that he would leave? Miami. Dude, they are not dumb enough to do that. Nope. Are you sure? Yes. I can't. I can't emphasize how bad it would be to hire Deion Sanders right now at a Power Five program. It would be so bad. I thought we were free of this. Why are we talking about Deion Sanders, Grant? <laughs> Look at Miami's last five head coaches and tell me one of them was a good hire. What's Al Golden doing lately? <laughs> Wearing a tie, I assume. I don't know what else he's doing, but I can guarantee you that. Um, you know, my brother, uh, I'm looking at Miami's record. My, my brother went to uh, Florida Atlantic. He played water polo for them for a couple of years. And he worked for the athletics department. And he drove Howard Schnellenberger around on the golf cart his first year there. That's awesome. <laughs> that was his job. <laughs> Schnellenberger uh, was a good coach Manny, for like one se- season. Yeah. Um, Randy Shannon was the coach for four years at sure Miami. Was. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, again, I'm looking at Miami. Um Butch Davis uh-huh. is still around. They're not going to do that again. Uh, Butch Jones. Also, not Arkansas State's a damn that. disaster. Yeah, Blake Anderson has been awesome at Utah State. He has. But Blake Anderson moved to Utah State because of serious life circumstances and yeah. couldn't be in Jonesboro anymore. Um, I think Jay Norvell probably gets a look just because he's like air raid guy and they've been successful and he has an NFL quarterback. I'm working my way towards somebody though. Um, I'm working my way back across the country. Bear with me. Uh, I don't think that Sean Lewis East. Okay. East. I don't think that Sean Lewis is the head coach at Kent state next year. Consequently, uh, in a related move, I think that Dino Babers is probably not the coach at Syracuse. And I think that he could do better in a job that's easier. No. No, 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 no. Now that I'm in the Northeast and I have your attention, the the maybe the best game we're going to play tonight, uh, can I get a little drum roll, please? <laughs> Who's going to hire Hugh Freeze? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't think he has any incentive to leave. I don't think he would ever want to leave Liberty. They're uh, they're paying him way more money than they're disclosing. He has you know all the resources he wants. He's got people who uh, uh, any, you know very much you share say, his worldview. He's not more you say is going to get me in trouble professionally. So, but let's football reasons. Okay. Uh, the other one that's interesting, the thing, Grant, the lid hasn't even, the lid hasn't even gone, gotten blown off because, and again, I don't want to get political. I don't want to talk about this. Auburn has a vaccine mandate and Brian Harson one acted like a dumbass in the football game on Saturday in the iron bowl and absolutely blew that game Two hasn't gotten vaccinated and does not seem like he is inclined to do so. Auburn might open too. I, um, yeah. Super late in the cycle. That is why if that, so right now we're at like, I mean, we're four out of five, but if, if Auburn opens two, we are threat level midnight. Auburn head coach, Hugh Freeze. Okay. And doing that. Um, I think actually that Auburn is kind of the vague Christian affiliated university that doesn't want to be associated with the Christian type of Liberty. And yeah. I do not believe that they would hire a few freeze for that reason. Specifically. I, I agree. Um, can I ask? So Dave Clawson's name has been thrown around for a lot of openings. Auburn is culturally Christian. Sorry. The religion major in me is they're not affiliated. They're culturally yeah, yeah, Christian. Yeah, yeah. That's what That's I should have said. Um, Clawson, maybe, but he needs a defensive coordinator. He does. He does. But Virginia Tech is right there. Um, can I ask you, I know nothing about this, and I, I hopefully you might be able to steal me on the right way, but has Dave Doran gotten any looks? Okay, here's something I wonder. I wonder if, well, and this is going to take us down another direction. Sure, sure, sure. I wonder if Dave Doran, I don't know anything about him. I'm not suggesting yeah. anything. I wonder if he does not have the Tom Herman problem and that he is difficult to work with. I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. Because, it, I, I mean, it seems like NC State people are unhappy with him. I know he flirted with the Tennessee job, and then NC State, like, didn't really give him a raise, if I recall that correctly. And so he's somebody I, – I just don't know what a move for him looks like. Like, who, who benefits from hiring Dave Doran? I don't know. All I know is that he's been remarkably consistent. I think if I was Dave Doran, I would want to go to, like, Houston – uh, or UCF or something. If I was Dave Doran, I might say, well, as long as, you know, let's say he's not difficult to work with, quote unquote. If I yeah, was, yeah, if, that's yeah, speculation. Yeah, yeah. Complete speculation. If I was Dave Doran and I can win eight to, you know, I don't know, seven to nine games a year at NC State in perpetuity, ain't bad. No, there are worse lives. Yeah. Raleigh's great. Raleigh's a great town. Uh, I've been to the campus. It's very pretty. Um Worst things in the world. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of it. It's, it. it's not that he's in a dead end job. It's just that I don't know that he'll ever ascend. Yeah. Um, okay. Thinking of Tennessee job and Dave Doran made me think about another one. Uh, again, I'm just interested in like the depths of crazy, and 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 maybe like second and third order hires. Mm-hmm. Is anyone going to hire Bobby Petrino this cycle? I have not. How's he doing at Southeast uh, Southeast Missouri? I can look that up because um, I don't honestly know. I, is it just Missouri? I think it's just oh, Missouri, it's just State, Missouri now. State. My bad. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? My apologies to the Grizzlies. What are they? They lost to UT Martin. I think they're the Bears. They are the Bears. Okay. They lost to UT Martin at home. They were eight and four. Okay. They were one score away from beating Oklahoma State. They <laughs> did beat true. number sixteen Central Arkansas. They were one score loss at North Dakota State. And they won one, two, three, four. Their last four games, two of those against ranked teams. Number seven, Southern Illinois. Number 20, Northern Iowa, who won score loss uh, against Iowa State. And then they played number 13, UT Martin, and lost 31-32. So they're doing pretty, pretty well. I wonder what they did last year. I don't know. This is 2021. They were... Yeah, I I just went down the Wikipedia page and accidentally hit the the section labeled uh, motorcycle incident. So I, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Bobby Petrino, like, you know, like him or not. And by that, I mean, dislike him is a good head coach. You, you just can't make that higher. You can't. Somebody can though. This is college football, dude. Lincoln Riley just left Oklahoma to go to USC. People can do things. Doesn't have a section labeled motorcycle incident. 
on his Wikipedia page. The biggest difference between Bobby Petrino and the median skeezy college football coach, not all college football coaches by any stretch of imagination, is that Bobby Petrino got caught. Bobby Petrino, yes. Bobby Petrino wore a neck brace in a press conference. And let me tell you, there is something to be said for it. This man is smart enough to do it and not get caught. And this man is dumb enough to wear a neck brace during a press conference. That is a significant talent deficit in college Presumably, football. he has a new PR person. Uh, one would hope. One would hope. Um, I wonder about guys jumping up. Cause you, okay, so you look at Mike Houston at ECU. Yeah. They've done a good job yeah. kind of bringing things up. And he was at James Madison. Uh, and, and then Kleiman. I, I, you know, I, I still think it's possible that Chris Kleiman could go somewhere else. I, I don't think he will. But I think he's a name that someone would be interested in. Um, it's funny that PJ Fleck, this is just a fact as I'm talking about names that have been hot. It's funny that PJ Fleck lost to Bowling Green and got an extension in the same contract year and the loss to Bowling Green happened first. Um, <laughs> you beat Wisconsin, didn't you hear? Can I ask you Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Gun to your head, Chris Kleiman, Matt Campbell. I think Kleiman, if Kleiman had been able to keep Scotty Hazleton, I think they would be lights out next year. Um, again, it's an argument about long run versus variance. And again, I think that Chris Kleiman has won multiple national championships at a high level of football. Matt Campbell has had a couple decent seasons at a at a at a high level of football. This podcast always comes back to seem like we're burying Matt Campbell, and I can I can I guess I can only speak for myself here. I think Matt Campbell is a good head football coach, but I think there are guys that are better than him in his conference that should be getting looks. Um, to paraphrase Gretchen Wieners, quit trying to make Matt Campbell work. Um, the thing is. I, I I think that Matt Campbell is fine if we accurately define what Matt Campbell is. If we talk about him as some kind of Boy Scout who descended from heaven and uh, returns 99% of his paycheck to Iowa State because he just loves the place so much and cleans gum off of the, uh, the bleachers uh, every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m., that kind of stuff is where I get really like, okay, he's a fine football coach. Um, I would take him over Pat Fitzgerald. I think that he is oh, probably easily. Pat Fitzgerald easily. 2.0. Uh, I'd give him more credit than that. Pat Fitz has gone to the Big Ten champion. He's won the division multiple times. He he have has you, to reload, have you, have you and ever, he's bad have at reloading. Have you willingly but. watched a Northwestern football game? Yeah, because sometimes they wear the uniforms that's like the old sweater, and they have the stripe across it. I do kind of like those. But I'm like, those are dope. That, those okay, are I'm going to tune in for this. But I, I No, I refuse to subscribe to anything Pat Fitzgerald does. Um, Did you know Pat Fitzgerald was 31 when he head coach? Really? 31. Really? How long has he been at Northwestern? Like- I was talking to a friend of the pod. No, we looked this up. I was talking to a friend of the pod, Doug uh, Douglas Farmer. He covers uh, Notre Dame. He was in Denver and we had a beer. And we were just, you know, talking, shooting the breeze. And we started talking about Pat Fitz and we started talking about the timing. 31. He's been there for 15 years. Yeah, dude. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. All right. 15 years. His his record is 109 and 90. <laughs> And he's a losing conference record. He's been there. Grant, for if you were 109 and 90 in betting, you'd be making money. So that is true, Parker. Um, okay. Any any other? I know about news? betting now because I'm a professional. That's true. Yeah, you have, you have, a, you have a show. Do uh, <laughs> um, I have a couple other interesting yeah, news? If if we can, yeah. Um, uh, Marcus Freeman, current defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Yep. Jim Leonard current defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, this one is, this one's a reach. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a reach. Brent Dearman. Hmm. Uh, that name should ring a bell. RPO inventor guy. He was at um, Kansas. Stuff got weird. He bailed immediately. He is the offensive coordinator at Middle Tennessee State. Um, I think that he could get a job elsewhere. So that to me screams if Hugh Freeze leaves and Brent Deerman is okay with whatever Liberty is, that would be a good hire for that. Interesting. I don't know anything. He did go to Bethel College, but okay. that is not uh, okay, I, religiously. I, I, I don't mean to make this. The I don't whole, think you have like, to do a commitment there. I don't mean to make a whole like religious thing out of it. I just meant like that kind of hire. I think would be good at Liberty. So he was he was an analyst at Auburn. 
Right. Um, he, and he went from kind of high school all the way up through, uh, I wonder, I wonder if he doesn't get maybe at least a coordinator job in the big leagues. Um, where have they been? Let's go to cfbgraphs.com and see where Middle Tennessee State's offense has been. Uh, in the meantime, I'll just mention Marcus Freeman is known to be the, for, I mean, you know this, Parker, in case any of our listeners don't know, Freeman is the nominal coach in waiting at Notre Dame. Screams a lot, and I'm not comparing the two uh, in terms of personality. Like Will Muschamp was a coach in waiting at Texas and then left for a different job. Uh, that seems to be sort yeah. of the Marcus Freeman scenario at Notre Dame where, hey, you know, Brian Kelly, if you don't leave soon, I'm going to leave and then I might not come back, which worked out for Texas, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, Middle Tennessee is 117th in EPA per play. So, so maybe, maybe take a pass on Frankie. <laughs> I would still want a mind like that. But then, okay, uh, hell, Larry Fedora is still hanging out, dude. Like, I think, I wonder if we're going to get these recycled names. We're going to have to. We haven't talked about, we haven't talked about Jeff Munkin from Army or Ken Niamatololo. Like, both of those guys really respected. Yeah. Both of them have been in play for jobs recently. Someone's going to have to run the triple. Well, I think both of them have said they have a plan. Both of them in their binder have a plan to, to not run the triple. At a, okay, at a great. Non-service that's that, that's fine, but okay. Navy doesn't. Navy kind of runs a spread offense, dude. I know. Well, uh, when they're good this year, when they're good, but, they're, yeah. they're, not, they're not good this year. It, that 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 doesn't inspire confidence in me. Um, if I want to commit to the triple, and I do, I would hire one of those guys. But if I want to run anything else, I'm not going to hire a guy who's only known for running the triple. I, yes, I can see the benefits but, of it, but I, I don't. If they hired an out-of-network offensive and defensive coordinator, I think their player development and program leadership would be their biggest assets. Agreed. There. Agreed. Okay, let's play this game because we're just doing this. Uh, what job, if you were the AD of what job, would you consider Munkin a good hire? Uh, am I P5 or G5? Yes, yeah, so that's kind of the line. It's like where where's oh, the line of of yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I I am in full favor of a, a lower tier G five in the right circumstance, or sorry, lower tier P five in the right circumstances running the triple. I okay, so let's let's you 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 stop me when I when the little yeti or the little skier man has gone over the hill. Price is right, stop. Okay, but I will say like bad programs like Vanderbilt. I don't think they should run the triple. I think SEC defenses will just snuff that shit. But like Kansas, steering into the skin. Yeah, yeah. But, but Kansas. Okay, I think Kansas should. was one of Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Syracuse. Oh, that'd be a hard pivot from Dino. Uh, no. no, no, in a vacuum, just the in program vacuum, prestige. Uh, yeah, sure. Yes, yeah. Georgia Tech. Yes, they should go back for sure. Wake Forest. I'm only going ACC because he's over there, but I got go, I, 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 I got I know, another I one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd be fine with that for Wake. Oregon State. Ooh. Yeah, that would throw, yeah, for sure. This gets, this gets close to my line. Well, like, Jonathan Smith's done really well there, so that, that kind of makes me uh, interesting. Yeah, but you said this was a vacuum, because otherwise I would have said no at Syracuse, because it's a pivot. Uh, Texas Tech. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's kind no, of the no, line. No. It's like middle class Big 12. I'm like, nah, <laughs> probably, not. probably not. No, no, no. But I, I I do want to see it again in, in the Power Five. I mean, I miss uh, Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech, and honestly, I think Georgia Tech does too after um, what's been going on there. So, yeah, it's not been great. No, it's been really bad, and that's and that's a shame because football is a little more fun when Georgia Tech is kind of in the mix, I, I, which is a weird thing to say because well, they, it's never been I great. Mean, but, but man, like they can cause some havoc. They ruin people's days. In Atlanta, dude. Like, you could get, if you could just get guys there. Get, yeah. Get Andre 3000 to do your, like, pregame narrative uh, video. You know the thing Snoop Dogg did with stripper poles? Just have that same event, except let out at Kansas. Remember he had stripper poles? Okay. Uh, Let Outcast plan everything for Georgia Tech. Just be like, hey, Andre, you're a nerd, right? Like, that's cool. Yeah. Come be our nerd. Yes. Have the band play Elevators uh, at every... Or no, have the band play Spotty Audio Dope Delicious at every halftime. I, have the band play everything. I will commit to... Um, 
I, I really think they could do uh, something interesting there. They lost to Northern Illinois this year. <laughs> they lost to damn near everybody. They remember? beat North Carolina. They Holy did. cow. Oh, they did. Georgia Tech beat North Carolina 45-22. to My God. North Carolina's not a good football team. They dropped 40 on Virginia. Are they turning the tide? Is this good podcasting? Wait, I was about to say, we're going to pivot to like just uh, a quick run-through of the wild games that happened this weekend, but I do want to pull a memory out of your bank. Do you remember when Jordan Lynch was a Heisman finalist? I do. Shout out to Jordan Lynch. That Northern Illinois run was one of the strangest runs I can remember because it came out of nowhere. Um, well, it was just like your random, you know, especially in the pre in the BCS era, there was always the BCS buster. There was always the random team that just had one freak athlete. It's kind of like in college basketball or, you know, TC plays Dallas Baptist in, in baseball all the yeah. time. And they have the one pitcher that is like amazing. And then everyone else is just okay. And they can go pretty far because they can pitch that guy two out of three games um, every, yeah. every series. I, I know, but here's the difference is that those random BCS busters, right? Where are they now? TCU, Big 12. Cincinnati, going to be Big 12. Hawaii, occasionally funky, but they had they had a sustained run between Colt Brennan and all those guys. Um, Houston, I think, was kind of there a little bit at the end of the, might have been end of the college football playoff era. Northern Illinois was just a complete, out of nowhere, BCS buster. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it's similar like P.J. Fleck at Western Michigan. Who was the coach there? Are you ready for this? Don't look it up. Do you know? No, hold on. I I think I might have this. Um, I promise. I, I, I really do think I have looked this up recently. Uh, I, I'm not going to remember. Hit me. Dave Doran. Shut up. I knew it. <laughs> but I was like, I, was like, ah, I think we're just thinking I'm about Doran because we talked about it earlier. Interesting. Okay, let's go to this weekend. Parker... Uh, this is a Big 12 podcast nominally, but Michigan beat Ohio State substantially. Dude, Michigan didn't just win the football game. Michigan beat some ass. I can't say that in my column. I'm wondering if I can say curb stomped in my column I think you tomorrow. Can. I think you can. I watched um, – I had things to do on Saturday. I watched the first half of this game, and I watched, uh, I think, the last quarter of this game. Um, holy hell, man. They whopped them. Yeah, they just lined up and did it. And there's there's a couple I've retweeted some guys like Space Coyote on Twitter has done some good breakdown of like Ohio State just didn't fit the run. Like they just no. they just weren't in the right spot even, and then they were getting beat as well. Um, so it was it was real real bad. Yeah. Uh, can I uh, shout out Space Coyote and um, great follow follow? <laughs> the phrase Space Coyote did some great breakdowns on Twitter is why I love college football so much. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, I mean, this was this was a beatdown. I don't think I saw this. Com- I mean, Ohio State looked so good in the weeks leading into this game. They absolutely decimated Michigan State, a team that beat Michigan. And, and there was no doubt, really, from the opening, you know, kickoff that Michigan was just going to set the tone physically. Um, shout out to that man. I- I'm happy for Michigan, honestly. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, that was crazy. And again, just a great football game. Um, shout out to, as we're just moseying through this, Brady Hoke, 11 and 1. Speaking of former Michigan men, 11 and 1 at San Diego State. They're playing for the Mountain West Championship this weekend. Their defense is lights the F out. Uh, they held Boise to 16. They are yep. just absolutely stunning on defense. I watched part of that game. Shout out to the punt god as well, uh, Matt Areza, uh, best punter in the country. Oh, I've seen some of that. He kicks, too. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Although he did miss a field goal, which yeah, kind of lessens the uh, luster a little bit. Uh, Iron Bowl went to overtime. Four overtimes, Parker. I was not able to watch this. Again, had other things to do on Saturday. But what the hell? Brian Harson absolutely screwed this so bad. Their last five drives. Dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this because I'm going to get this right. Okay. And I, I have a stat um, I want to read as well. So go ahead and pull that up. Their, their last five drives in regulation, they went, uh, oh my gosh, ESPN, you're the worst website in the history of websites. Um, Alabama, Auburn, here we go. Okay. Auburn's last five drives, they were up, let's do this, they were up 10 to nothing. 
And they went in the second half, they went field goal, and then they went punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, end of half. Six drives, four punts, and a and an interception. Just uh, an abysmal, like, oh, just, you got to double tap. That's what I tweeted. Is And that was my thought. It's like, Brian Harson just did not double tap. He absolutely shrunk. Um, and, and, and then they went for, you know, First, uh, they didn't go for two in the end of the first uh, overtime, uh, even though they're going to have to go for two for the next couple of, of overtimes. And, um, I mean, just absolutely ab- absurd that they, I mean, an, an awful coaching job by yes. Brian Harson. Just absolutely awful. I'm going to go back to Bill O'Brien for a minute, Parker. Um, Alabama outgained Auburn 388 yards to 159 yards. Allow me to be caveman for a minute. Okay. Alabama was 8 of 22 on third downs. They were 1 of 4 on fourth downs. Parker, one of the metrics I look at for a good offensive coordinator is the ability to get X yards when needed. And I'm sure you have a stat for that. Alabama has all the athletes in the effing world. They don't have Devontae Smith and Matt Jones or, and, and uh, Najee Harris and all that like they did last year. But they're Alabama. If you can't scheme to get 6 yards when you really need it, or two yards when you really need it, buddy, you got issues. They did not score on their first 10 possessions. Correct. They were held scoreless in the first half. You were the offensive coordinator at the University of Alabama. This feels like a Paul Feinbaum call, but allow me to reiterate that no one should ever hire Bill O'Brien to do anything. The offensive line is really bad. I wonder if Dan Mullen doesn't go to the Nick Saban school for coaches who can't coach good. That would be a hell of a I don't rehab. think Nick Saban likes the running quarterback stuff as much. I don't much, think so. Saban likes Dan Mullen, but that might be. Well, Nick Saban doesn't like anyone. I don't think that's true. Shout out to former podcast guest, and I'm so happy I can say that, Spencer Hall, um, who wrote something for Channel 6, his newsletter this week, about Nick Saban's rant at a press conference. But Nick very much like cares for these kids, and he's trying not to yell at them like during press conferences. I really think he likes his players. I don't think he likes coaches very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that, that, that's a fair distinction. No, no, and I, I wasn't trying to like be moral. I was just saying. I, no, I, no, I find, I'm, I'm I find Nick fascinating. Is all I'm saying. Um, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Talk, I, 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 go ahead. Interesting. You want to talk Oklahoma, no, 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 Oklahoma yeah. State? Because what? Jeez, Louise! I watched that game from start to finish, and it was insane. Um, Oklahoma State's defense turned the water off. Yeah, Oklahoma and they did. made a couple stupid plays Oklahoma did uh, that kept it way closer. They have, in the second half. Yeah, they effectively gave Oklahoma um, 23 points. This game absolutely should have been an Oklahoma State blowout um, by the stats. And and just, I mean, they, they uh, absolutely absurd that Oklahoma had a chance to win at the very end. A good chance to win. Yeah. Yep, and, and Oklahoma State's defensive line and, and and the pressure that they got just prevented this, uh, Caleb Williams and Oklahoma from doing anything on those last couple drives. Um, they, yeah, they, which is crazy because Caleb Williams' whole problem is that he hasn't been making his reads to check down, and then it seems really unfair that they not unfair in a like cosmological sense, just unfair to Caleb Williams that like they couldn't get the short stuff going in the beginning of the game, so then it became. Okay, we have to have Caleb Williams downfield or we have nothing. Right. But, but that's, again, I tweeted this after TCU's loss to Oklahoma State. It, they're so good at taking away the under, you know, underneath stuff that you have to go downfield. And, yeah. you know, if, you know, some cause, well, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Ohio State. They have so many good receivers that they can kind of neutralize any good coverage. Right? A lot of their touchdowns against Michigan were, hey, listen, you're playing great coverage, but. We have Chris Olave and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and, and all these guys, and they're just going to score, right? So unless you yeah. have that sort of wide receiver core, you're not going to score in Oklahoma State because they can take away the underneath stuff with two linebackers and leave safeties to help over the top. And there are very, very few teams in the country that have that sort of talent. Oklahoma normally does. They don't this year. They don't have a quarterback that can make up for it. Yeah, and they – um realistically they uh the, their best success on offense is when they brought all the big boys in and you just yeah. can't do that every play because they're gonna yeah that yeah. just makes you one-dimensional so yeah and this was a paradigm shifting game i i think 
just in terms of Mike Gundy's never had a defense this good. Ever. No. And, uh, very few coaches ever have had correct, a defense this good. Correct. And yeah. he has a quarterback. We've maligned Spencer. Has anyone ever said maligned without calling it much maligned? I don't think I've ever heard that verb outside of that context, but that's not a hint there. I, I don't think I am. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was trying to find the right word. I'm like, I don't, this doesn't feel right. We've slandered Spencer Sanders on this podcast before, but he was more than fine in this game. He did have an interception that was bad, and he sure. did have another play that should have been intercepted that was bad. But he, I mean, I was impressed by his scrambles. Like his yeah. legs, I mean, he extended some drives. Uh and, and he got a couple first downs. Uh, I had a couple uh, circled. I mean, almost 100. So, so 93 yards total. That's not sack adjusted. He got sacked a couple times. So probably 100 yards rushing for Spencer Sanders there. Um, really, really good performance from him. And again, he was just he, – he didn't let any – like he didn't spiral. Oklahoma yeah. State absolutely could have spiraled when they let Oklahoma score nine points on safety and fumble and just absolute nonsense in the third quarter. And uh, – they didn't. They came back in the fourth quarter. They got their head right. Even though Mike Gundy, absolute coward move, uh, tried to kick the field goal just to get the points on the board to stop the bleeding instead of going for it. Um, but generally, uh, they, they rebounded exceptionally well, which is something they haven't done in the past. Yeah, it, it that, that game blew my mind. Um, some of the dumbest plays you'll ever see, some of like the worst referee you'll ever see, it was a... Uh, it's a true tour de force in Stillwater. For once, Bedlam lived up to its name. Parker. It delivered, yeah. Yeah. Are there any more games you want to look at over the weekend? Um, I've had my eye everywhere. I got, I got to write my call in the morning, so I'm kind of looking over it. Uh, some sad, sad meeps for the UTSA yeah. bros who uh, UTSA dropped a game to North Texas. Just uh, real, just real bad spot for them uh, there. So that was kind of disappointing. Yeah, not a good North Texas team either. I mean, I think that game got them to bowl eligibility. Um, so it did, uh, although they are five and three in conference. So I'd have to look at their yeah. non-con. Um, the other ones that I, that I circled, um, <laughs> LSU beat A&M. Oh, boy, game did that A&M <laughs> absolutely should have won. Uh, very funny. And the other one that I'll circle is, um, this has happened a couple weeks in a row where a particular fan base has found my objective, uh, just not predictions, just stat profiles that have numbers on them and said, Oh, you're disrespecting our team. This is so dumb. This is never going to happen. Uh, and Wisconsin did it this week, and Wisconsin lost uh, to Minnesota. So uh, and they're not going to play in the Big Ten Championship because of it. Um, and so that one was particularly satisfying just because I picked Minnesota to cover. I had Minnesota's points almost exactly right. And so uh, I felt I felt good about that. In the words of Parker Fleming, row the boat. Row the boat, comrades. <laughs> the, the LSU A&M game was a fun one because a- A&M probably legitimately did get screwed by the refs on that fumble or non-fumble call. Um, yeah, but I don't care. Go to Texags, which crashed last night, by the way, as we record this, so awesome. crashed Saturday night. Um, people don't like Jimbo. Awesome. And it, it they're very, they're very funny to me. That amount of money. I mean, I, like taking my A&M dislike out of this conversation, that is a fascinating situation because they're not going to challenge for conference supremacy anytime soon and they're paying Jimbo seven and a half million dollars not to do so no but I, I mean I think that they are going to do um I'm sorry I just got distracted because okay. Bob Stoops has released a statement interesting I'm gonna have to read these later he's, he's, uh, um, he's gonna be the interim coach for Oklahoma I know that for, oh, for, fine. Uh, for the bowl A&M is uh a and I mean, you could do worse than being consistently second and third in the uh, Big 12 or in the SEC West. West. Their issue is, I mean, Hayes Kings King got hurt. They were really, really, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's, 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 I mean, they lost some games. They absolutely shouldn't, but also they had, you know, you lose your starting quarterback. The season's out. Like their floor is eight and four in the SEC West. They beat Alabama. I don't know what you want. Like, that's a big thing with college football and all this. The, the, the theme that's underlying all of this coaching talk, Grant, is what, what do you want? I, I would love for TCU to be Arkansas. Arkansas knows what they want. They want to not be embarrassed. They want to win their non-conference games. And they want to compete in their rivalry games and have it mean something 
when they beat AM, when they beat Missouri, when they beat LSU. And 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 I think so few programs have that identity uh locked down because people are morons and they think, oh, we could be the next well Clemson, we could be, you know, we could displace Alabama, we can be the the next Oregon, whatever. It's just like you just you just need to know what you can be and what you want to be and how you can be that. So I completely agree with that. I know we're deep into the weeds on this, but I, I find this fascinating. But the AM fans that I talk to and I think that the median, as we mentioned earlier, of the AM fan base, it's not more than two degrees removed from the lunatics on Texax. It, it's it's not a, a total separation. And I can't speak for what goes on in College Station in terms of the athletic director um, and, and the conversations they have there, but they want a challenge for SEC titles and by extension playoff appearances because you win the SEC, you get in. Yeah. Parker, I'm, I'm, I'm going to paint you a scenario. It's 2023. Oklahoma and Texas okay. have left the Big 12. They're okay. now in the SEC. Jimbo has gone 9-3 and three in 2022 and did not beat Alabama. Jimbo loses to Texas in the first game of that rivalry back in the SEC West. Oh, buddy. I, Does Jimbo lose to Sark in this scenario i don't know who's coaching well that's a different that's a different question i don't know man there's too many threads there okay i I, I don't Um, know what the price of oil is in 2023 if i did i would stop doing this podcast and just start trading but i think in that scenario somebody's getting fired after the first texas texan am game yes someone is i think i think that's an elimination match yes it is hell in a cell which again, Jimbo's going to get a bajillion dollars. I would tank the game. I would not win another game. I would just, I would be drunk all day in my office. If you had seventy-five million guaranteed, you couldn't say anything to me. It's funny that you if somebody on campus looked at me sideways, <laughs> it's funny that you think Jimbo would be in his office and not in his dear lease at that point. Um, yeah, jeez. Parker, did you read? Get these nerds out of here. Can I get some people from like the you know the business school over here or some like? Jimbo's I don't want these comms nerds working our internships. Jeez, Jimbo's yelling at Revelry to get uh, Revelry to get off his lawn. It's a uh, it's a tough scene. Yeah. Parker, did you read Bob's deep statement? Did it say anything? I did. No, um, he just said, "Wish Lincoln the best. We have a close friendship. We will continue to. I'll do anything to help the program." So enough, I huh? think intern for the bowl is what that kind of was saying. Fair enough. Uh, we don't have a Barry Alvarez yeah. situation on our hands. Parker, is there anything else uh, to talk about? I mean, I, I think I could do a, a, a thousands of words on why I don't like the Sunny Dykes hire. Yeah, but let's wait. Let's do that for the eulogy. Um, can we do some? Yeah, can we can we do some uh, program uh, talk? Just I don't think we have. Um, so this is sure. all uh, unscripted. I want to. We're going to preview at least. We're going to pre. So Wednesday we'll be back. We'll we'll talk about whether. Sonny Dykes did get hired or if it is at the fam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll preview the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. I think we'll just talk about that a little bit. That won't be as long probably as our normal podcast, and that's okay. And then once we get the Big 12 slate of bowls, Grant, I think we'll do one show that just kind of talks about all of them very vaguely and says this one's funny, maybe all the bowls. And then I think we'll do maybe two two shows and break it up in half and just preview the Big 12 bowl games. Does yep. that sound fair? Yeah, sounds worse. So that's like yeah. – that's this week – and then bowl reaction, and then two bowl previews. That's like four, four or five more for the end of the year. Yeah, something like that works for me. Okay, maybe we'll do a. You know, it'd be fun. And maybe I said this out loud. Um, I'll get caught. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make Colin Post set this up. Um, a we'll do we'll call it a Frogs of War, Purple Theory crossover, whatever, and we'll do a bowl pick'em thing, and we'll oh, put our that. stuff in there. We- so we'll text we'll text the group on that too. Yeah, that's great. Does Colin have to come on? No, no, no. I don't care about his picks can go on the group. That's fine. Okay, they can do fine. it on their podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, no, I, don't, I don't want. We'll, we'll probably do a stream. We talk, I'm breaking news. I don't know. We'll probably do a stream for the yeah, end of the season. I, I'm um, only mad at Colin because but, of the stuffing takes, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll, 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 uh, we'll set up like a pick them and then we'll do previews for most of those uh, generally and then kind of see where we go from there. That works for me. Parker, this has been Purple Theory Podcast. My name is Grant McGowan. You can find Indeed me on Twitter. Is. At Grant McGalliard, spelled exactly like it sounds with all those vowels. Parker is on Twitter at Stats of War. You listen to the BetUS podcast. Parker, when does that come out? Also, the YouTube show. 
Yes, so so that is uh, the live YouTube show is uh, Wednesday and Thursday. We're previewing, uh, breaking down, giving you the best picks on all the Big 12. Uh, no, well, the Big 12 is part of it. All the conference championship games. And so we're going to, I think I'm going to pick all of them because my I'm, my model is doing great and my record is awful. And I am very bad at picking games. So if I just pick all the games, then on the aggregate, I'll be better. Um, but we're going to give you kind of best bets and, and ideas. I think YouTube is mad at us, so we're not allowed to call it advice or picks or whatever. But So we're going to give you um, solicitations of information regarding monetary gain that may or may not be made from profiting off of certain uh, activities. I don't, I don't know. Um, call them games of chance, I think is how that works. Yeah, we're games of chance. Yeah, it's loot boxes. Dude, we're just giving you college football loot boxes, man. Yeah. 99 cents you get to spend. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that's Wednesday afternoon and Thursday. I'll tweet links to those in my um, uh, on on Twitter. Shout out to our sponsors and read my column. Dang it, it's out tomorrow morning at Football Outsiders. I'll tweet that too. Shout out to our sponsors, EA Sports. It's in the game. <laughs> it's in the game. <laughs> Parker, the season is over. The podcast is not. We will be back. Go frogs. Go frogs. <laughs>